Hey, y'all, we wanted to share with you some of the fun we've been having over on Patreon. We're bringing you these short clips from some of our Patreon bonus content. If you like what you hear and want to hear more, head to the link in the episode description or to Sinisterhood.com and click Patreon on the top menu. In this peek, you'll hear about a woman pushed to the brink as her home was overrun by yogurt in our R Am I the Asshole segment. Then you'll hear us give a listener some advice in a clip from our Dear Sinister advice segment. Next, you'll hear a case brought before Judge Christie involving the destruction of a grown man's sensitive adult collection. And then you'll hear a clip from True Crime Headlines, where we break down the Allison Mack Nexium sentencing and the court opinion that let Bill Cosby out of jail. Finally, we have a clip from our most recent minisode, updating you on Britney Spears and her conservatorship battle. Just head over to Sinisterhood.com and click on Patreon on the top banner for full episodes, details on all the benefits, and to subscribe today. He filled our fridge, bought a second fridge, and then bought another tiny fridge to go to the bedside because he said he didn't want to fall, walk to the fridge at night, but this was a lie and a ruse in order to have more space for his yogurt. These fridges are all full of yogurts. Oh and if you keep God. yogurt for too long, they smell bad. Sometimes the packaging breaks. So our apartment began to smell like rotten milk oh. for the last two weeks. And my boyfriend's attitude was like, it's fine. Just deal with it for a little longer. Until I pulled the plug and I threw all of his yogurts away this morning. I was looking at my groceries, which I had to put in the fridge, uh, which I had to put outside of the fridge because there was no space and everything smelled like death. And I just sort of snapped and I threw all the yogurt away. My boyfriend is is understandably very upset. We've been arguing about whether I crossed a line by throwing away his stuff. He's especially upset because he, of course, had very rare yogurts that were hard to find. In particular, he had some Cuban and Iranian yogurts that you cannot get in the U.S. But I know that we have trade sanctions against both Iran and Cuba. So I don't know if it was even legal for him to have those yogurts in the first place. I asked him where he got that Iranian yogurt, but he kept insisting the Iranian yogurt is not the issue here. (laughs) And that the real issue was me throwing out the precious yogurts without his permission. Am I the asshole? Do I need legal advice? Thanks in advance. I'm very exasperated. Oh, I wish everyone could have seen my face when you said <laughs> 2,100 yogurts. I was not expecting that many. Yeah. Well, um, this guy might not be a hoarder, um, but there's something going on. Yeah, I think that many in... Two five hundred fifty square feet. That is a lot. Well, it sounds like he has. Um, I don't want to say an addiction per se because I'm not a doctor or psychiatrist, but there's some reason that he feels compelled to collect all of these things for whatever reason it might may be. Yeah, he has some kind of compulsion. Yeah, it sounds like compulsive behavior for sure. If you are sharing. A house, apartment, whatever, with someone else, I feel like you have to be respectful of them. You can't decide, I'm going to take up our entire refrigerator plus another refrigerator plus another tiny fridge just yeah. for my yogurts. Again, it's, you know, we talk about anything of a quirk. If it starts to interfere with your everyday life and your ability to live healthily, and for I your think- partner's ability to live healthily. Especially having rancid... That's disgusting. 
dairy around. I immediately could smell what she was talking about. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I would never so. tolerate living in a place, a 550 square foot studio apartment that smelled like that. No, that's so many yogurts per square feet. So he didn't eat them. It doesn't sound like it. Or if he did, he would only eat a part of them, which once you take the spoon of yogurt, put it in your mouth, put the spoon back into the yogurt. We got the whole cereal and milk situation where the mouth bacteria is yep. now multiplying with the sugar in the yogurt and or just the bacteria in the yogurt. That's what's growing all this nasty, the stink of the yogurt stink. Yeah, this is a weird... Letting that go isn't something most people can do. Mm -hmm. I think that in order to move on and and learn to cope, and you need some therapy for sure. Mm -hmm. I mean, a, a counselor that specializes in this kind of stuff, you know, grief, trauma, PTSD, domestic violence, emotional violence abuse all that stuff because uh some things you just you got to have a professional step in to help you with you know and there's nothing that shameful about that at all well and you know it's saying i think a lot of times people are like it's in the past just to get over it but i think if you have an event that happens to you like this, and I can't remember the exact study, but I was talking to a friend of mine who's studying public health, that it trauma and and being in a constant state of stress, mm -hmm. which is what happens when you're in an abusive relationship, it impacts your body at a cellular molecular level. Mm -hmm. That it it does have a th it puts a thumbprint on you, which is something that you don't just get over and forget, but it's going to be something that you do adapt and you learn to function within the new parameters of, of who you are. And so because of really traumatic things that have happened to me, I'm extremely jumpy. I'm very jumpy. If you come up behind me, if you touch me, I can't. Um, it's hard for me not to be able to see in the dark. Like if I can't see in the dark, I get panicked. I can get like feel really like disoriented. You know, if I'm going to sleep, that's one thing. But if I like need to get up and go to the bathroom, I have to turn a flashlight on because being disoriented, you know, it makes me nervous. It makes me sweaty. And so understanding those things and not, I don't say, wow, I hate myself because I can't do these things or I have these nightmares. I just say, this is a part of who I am now. It's a part of my story. I'm not ashamed of it. And I'm going to demand better for myself for sure and try to be vigilant in myself and people I love. And, you know, and I love you, listener. I love you, sweet Sharon, and everybody that writes in that be vigilant when those type of patterns start to happen so you can maybe try to stop it sooner but even if you know if i i was in different abusive relationships for months or years and different types of abuse physical or or emotional or otherwise and you don't say oh i, I don't ever say oh i hate myself for this i just say that's something that 2000 whatever you know however many years ago heather went through mm -hmm. and thank you past me wow you were so strong that you survived that you're so strong i just like thank the past me for the life i have now so i would maybe try to practice gratitude and thank your past self for getting through that that now you have the beautiful child that you have mm -hmm. you have the sobriety you have you have the spouse that you have and say this isn't come from I barely, you know, stupid idiot me barely made it out alive. No, I, I tell myself, you're, thank you, past Heather, 
boy, you went through a lot of shit for me to be as happy as I am now. Thank you so much for shouldering that. And wow, you're amazing that you're so strong to be able to shoulder that so that now I can be where I'm at today. Thank you so much, past me, for for shouldering that. And also, to Christy's point, I didn't come up with that on my own. Therapy. Therapy helped me. <laughs> you know what I mean? I, I'm not, it's not a magical, you know, I didn't just think of that. My therapist helped me like reframing things for mm-hmm. myself that do help with your self-esteem um, and help with not hating yourself, but appreciating your resilient, amazing body that yeah. you have a, a condition that you're going to have to you know, manage for the rest of your life and the amazing resilience of you that you make these choices every day to be, you know, to maintain your sobriety, that you made the choices to get away from that guy, you know, all this kind of thing of your body is amazing. And like, and and you created a person that's amazing miracle. So, and, and just appreciating the strength that your body has and what it's done for you and where, you know, it's gotten you where you are today. Absolutely. Beautiful. Yeah. I think you nailed it too. Of All right. The last one is a suggestion by Cheryl Stockham. She, um, thank you, Cheryl. Yeah. Thank you, Cheryl. Uh, this is from the Detroit news. It says parents lose lawsuit over destruction of son's porn stash. Ooh. So a man has sued his parents for getting rid of his pornography collection. A man, a full grown man. (laughs) That's what it sounds like. He lived uh, for 10 months with his parents beginning in October 2016. He got was going through a divorce. He said boxes of films and magazines worth an estimated $29,000. Wow. Was destroyed by the defendants and they admitted that they destroyed the pornography. So he asked his parents to, when he moved from Muncie, Indiana to Michigan, he asked them to deliver his pornography. They did. and But then when he received it, he noticed that some items were missing. My God, did he have like a table <laughs> of contents? <laughs> Dewey Decimal System? I don't really know. So his dad sent him an email and said, I don't think you have been listening to me. So let me make this very clear. I do not possess your pornography. It has gone. It has either been destroyed or disposed of. I may have well missed. I may very well have missed a few items that are now in your possession. But at this point, if you don't have it, it's gone. Ditto for your sex toys and smutty magazines. Whoa. We counted 12 full moving boxes of pornography (gasps) plus two boxes of sex toys, as you called them. We began that day the process of destroying him, and it took quite a while for us to do so. Frankly, David, I did you a big favor by getting rid of all this stuff for you. So, in response, the son called the police department and reported the destruction of his property. When the sheriff deputy interviewed the mother, she said, oh, yeah, we did it. We destroyed the porno and the dildos. So... He sued his parents because his mom sent an email to him that says, believe it or not, one reason why I destroyed your porn was for your own mental and emotional help. They said that they were acting in the capacity as landlords and that they were allowed to destroy this property. I guess maybe their argument was that he abandoned the property since he moved and left left it behind. So he filed this lawsuit basically because they destroyed the property. The judge ruled that no doubt that the property was his property. The evidence that the pornographer, (laughs) the amateur pornographer collector put forth 
he said, we've proved that it was his property. We've proved that his parents have admitted that they destroyed his property. I'm going to let you, Judge Christie, decide. Oh, wow. First, I got to start with, um, it sounds like he may have a porn addiction. A little bit. It seems like 12 full moving boxes seems Jeez, like a lot. Louise, I cannot imagine a world in which I would take that to my parents' house that I was living in temporarily or forever Mm-mm. and keep that there. And then when I left, that I would leave it behind. Get a pod. Get a porn pod. <laughs> and fill your pod with porn. Pod. Get a porn and dildo pod. Nobody Get has one to look in pod your pod. for your porn, another pod for your dildos. They don't look in the pods. The pod company just moves the pods for you. They're not judging like your parents will. He do- it doesn't sound like this guy gives two fucks. Who knows about it? If he was... No. If he had the audacity and the balls to call call his parents and the say... The deflated, depleted balls. Yes. His blue balls. Where are, is my porn? I know you have it. And like you said, he must have been he he must have known exactly what he had all nearly thirty thousand dollars Christ, especially twelve boxes full. I mean, uh, how and, would you and to know? ask them to bring it to you? Yikes! I mean, maybe he Dude, assumed they weren't going to look in the box. I see. I'm under the assumption that he knew. That they knew exactly what it was. And he was saying, bring me all my porn to my new place. Yeah. I mean, they, I think this is an issue that you get into when adult children and parents interact with each other is that the parents are behaving as if this young, this young man, this dude now, I mean, he's old enough to have been married and divorced. This adult is their, their minor child and that they can do anything they want with his stuff. He's a grown up. Sure, sure, sure. Here's what I'm going to say my ruling would be. Although, first bailiff, I do have a question. Yeah, Claire Bronfman was sentenced to six and three quarters years in prison in September of 2020. She got more time than Allison? Yeah, I think... She remained a Ranieri supporter, so I don't think that she ever... She pled guilty in 2019 to two felonies in connection with his racketeering, um, but I think she were, she probably did not cooperate in the way that Allison Mack did. It says that uh, when she was sentenced, the sentencing guidelines were five years for her, and that her attorneys were seeking three years of probation but the judge gave her six and gave three quarters years. Gave her more than it was even necessary. Yeah, because she had uh, trafficked a person. Oof. That's and right. Yeah. The judge ordered her to pay $96,000 to the person that she trafficked and said, uh, Bronfman twisted our immigration system to serve a reprehensible agenda and engaged in flagrant fraud to the detriment of her victims in the service of a corrupt endeavor. Wow. With today's sentence, she has been held accountable for her crimes. Oh, that's what the attorney said. The U.S. attorney said. Well, goes to show that money does not keep you out of prison. I mean, we've seen that many times before, but... Yeah. So... So... I, I do agree with the judge's point of... 
for lack of a better phrase, like he has to make an example out of them, even if he does believe that Allison Mack was also a victim because she also did heinous and horrible things and has to be held mm-hmm. accountable. Like we always say, like yeah. at what point does the victimization end and then you just become like culpable and, and part of it. So I'm glad she got something. It is pretty compared to 120 years. She got nothing. Yep. That's, Three years will be, I mean, as we know, like we just said, we feel like 2018 mm-hmm. was just five minutes ago. So it'll, I mean, uh, maybe time flies a little bit differently when you are in jail yeah, but, or federal prison. I imagine it's a lot different, mm-hmm. but yeah, it's, uh, that's, you know, you want to have people, you want to cut a deal, which I think this is an excellent segue into our next conversation. It's never a bad thing. Well, I won't say that, but it's a good thing to cut a deal if it will help put a more harmful person behind bars, Mm -hmm. but you still want to ensure that the person assisting is held accountable for their actions. I think that's really important. So I uh, think that, like I said, dovetails with our, our next discussion, which is on Bill Cosby monster. Oh, the opinion of the Supreme court was extremely difficult to read because it outlined what he did and then what he copped to in the civil depositions and my goodness. So break it down. All right. So Bill Cosby was sentenced uh, three to 10 years after he was convicted. There was um man, they brought charges in 2015 and they had to bring charges before the statute of limitations expired. And what were the charges? Took, uh, sexual assault, uh, the aggravated sexual assault. Aggravated indecent assault, excuse me. And uh, it took, there was like trials and mistrials, and it took until 2018 to be convicted. And he was convicted on three counts of aggravated indecent assault. That conviction was based on what he said during civil depositions, during a civil case from the initial victim. So kind of starting at the beginning, he... Less than a week after the documentary, Britney's boyfriend, Sam Ascari, posted on his Instagram. Now it's important for people to understand that I have zero respect for someone trying to control our relationship and constantly throwing obstacles in our way. In my opinion, Jamie is a total dick. I won't be going into details because I've always respected our privacy, but at the same time, I didn't come to this country to not be able to express my opinion and freedom. On his Instagram, too... Anytime he posts pictures of the two of them, night and day from what the pictures on her Instagram look like. Mm-hmm. And if they're supposed to be happening in the same the same time universe. frame, same universe, yeah. I mean, you it's like two different people. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting juxtaposition. And I, I appreciate that he said, Jamie's a dick. Mm-hmm. He's trying to control us because every ex- that has been interviewed in recent months in the media said that said, if we got too close, they broke us up. They would tell Brittany he's cheating on you. They would get photos and be like, look at this photo. Look, that's your boyfriend kissing someone else or whatever to, to try to get her again. Isolation, isolation, isolation. It's classic abusive tactics. And it seems like Sam is saying, try, try whatever you want, Jamie. I ain't going anywhere. How just. What a mind fuck. To have everyone around you, like, 
pointing out how all your boyfriends are unfaithful, whether they are or not. Like, how do you trust anybody ever? How do you mm-hmm. how do you ever have a relationship where you feel like someone's being faithful? Just that's just one example of all of the things for the majority of her life that she has been told that anybody that would ha- has gone through what she's gone through would be suffering mentally. You oh, you can't and, and, be put yeah. through what she's been put through and not just lose it. Well, and it's the cause and effect, and that's one of the main complaints about conservatorship of people who don't have something like a degenerative dementia, Alzheimer's kind of illness, where it, we know for sure the prognosis is that they were never going to recover. When you put someone who has a in theoretically controllable mental health problem in a permanent conservatorship that's not made for that, then the effects of the conservatorship trigger the mental health issues, which then makes them seem like they need a conservatorship, which then triggers their mental health issues. And it just goes back and forth and back and forth. So it's not the proper form, even if you concede. And I think she said, I want to go to therapy. I like to be on my medication. Good for you, girl. Don't we all? But if you're in a situation, if you're in a legal restrictive and treatment setup that is in fact triggering all your issues, then of course it's going to look like you don't need to get let out of it. So it's just not the proper form of, of, it's yeah, just a, a vicious cycle. Mm-hmm. One fear Brittany's attorney, Samuel Ingham, had expressed in previous filings was that Jamie would refuse to cooperate with Bessemer Trust. At a hearing on February 11, 2021, just days after the documentary was released, Judge Penny ruled on Jamie's attempt to retain his sole 100% power and control over delegating investments for Brittany's estate, despite Bessemer Trust having been appointed as co-conservator. Brittany's attorney objected to Jamie's motion, calling the request absurd and a recipe for conflict between the co-conservators. Jamie also asked for his surety bond, the insurance on his actions or mismanagement as conservator, to be released, discharged and exonerated. Despite the fact that his previous two required annual accountings had not been approved by the court, Jamie's request was denied by Judge Penny who determined Jamie should retain his equal powers alongside fiduciary Bessemer Trust. Judge Penny also extended Jody Montgomery's position as conservator of Britney's person through September 3rd, 2021. Oh, Jamie, this was an extremely absurd motion. He tried to use a technicality and basically say, well, in my initial appointment, it says that I have 100% power and control over delegating the investments. So pursuant to that initial appointment, I want to retain 100% power and control over delegating investments. And Samuel Ingham's response basically said, what? You literally just got appointed 50-50. Why on earth would we let you have a... Why, what is Bessemer Trust's point at all right. even being here if you have 100% control? So it really was absurd and his motion got denied. But it showed me that, boy, he did not want to let his yes. claws off of that dough. And especially my big red flag went up when it said he wanted his bond, which is mismanagement insurance. It's basically your conservator malpractice insurance he wanted them to say, uh, we're making an official announcement that Jamie's done nothing wrong and he doesn't need a bond anymore, which would mean if there's no bond, if he did do something wrong, you'd have to sue him personally. And for all we know, he's living in an RV. He spent up all the money. He didn't have anything left. It's all in Britney's estate. So that may be his backup plan of, well, if I can't control the money and I don't have any money, then y'all aren't going to be able to sue me because then what the bond company will then go and sue him. So it, to me, it seemed like he was trying to 
like a cat covering up shit on mm. a tile floor. You know what I mean? Trying to cover up, get maintain control. And if he can't maintain control, then exonerate himself. Despite the fact that Samuel Ingham pointed out, ah, I got a lot of problems. One of them, he ha- the accounting, Jamie hadn't even turned in. And the other one, Samuel's like, or Ingham's like, we have like a hundred objections to this that haven't been addressed. Why would we let you out of your bond when we don't know if you've mismanaged money? And that's my other thing with Bessemer Trust being involved, that Jamie was probably freaking out because they are going to absolutely dig and comb through everything that you do. Well, if you like what you just heard, consider supporting the show on Patreon by heading to SinisterHood.com and clicking Patreon in the top banner. Thanks so much for listening and keep it creepy. Sinisterhood.